You can remain seated for the text. It's going to be jumping over a couple of verses, but if you would at least turn with me in your book, your Bible to 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 3. Remember to pray this week for the silver tones as they travel to Branson, Missouri for a great time together. Pray that they have a safe journey today. 2 Kings chapter 3. Again, we'll jump over a couple of places, so if you'll just follow along. Somewhere in the middle of verse 9 it says, There was no water for the host and for the cattle that followed them. And Elisha said unto the king of Israel in verse 13, What have I to do with thee? And get thee to the prophets of thy father. And to the prophets of thy mother. And the king of Israel said unto him, Nay, for the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. They didn't understand that God was going to honor his covenant with his people. Despite their own evil ways and evil agendas, they were unaware that God was going to keep his covenant. God always... God always takes care of his people. He always honors his commitment. Verse 16 says, And he said, Thus saith the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. For thus saith the Lord, Ye shall not see the wind, neither shall ye see rain. Yet the valley shall be filled with, with water that ye may drink both ye and your cattle and your beast and this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord he will deliver the Moabites also into your hand and ye shall smite every fenced city and every choice city and shall fell every good tree And stop all wells of water and mar every good piece of land with stones. The message said, you won't hear the wind, you won't see the rain, but this valley is going to fill up with water. And your army and your animals will drink their fill. This is easy for God to do. He will also hand over Moab to you. Not only is God going to provide for you, but he is going to give you enough to fill up. And even better, he's going to take care of your problem and your enemy. Verse 20 in King James says, And it came to pass in the morning when the meat offering was offered, that behold, there came water by the way of Edom, and the country was filled with water. And when all the Moabites heard that the kings were come up to fight against them, They gathered all that were able to put on armor and upward and stood in the border. And they rose up early in the morning and the sun shone upon the water and the Moabites saw the water on the other side as red as blood. And they said, this is blood. The kings are surely slain and they have smitten one another. Now, therefore, Moab to the spoil. 
By this time, everyone in Moab had heard that the kings had come up to make war against them. Everyone who was able to handle a sword was called into service and took a stand at the border. They were up and ready early in the morning when the sun rose over the water from where the Moabites stood. The water reflecting the sun looked red like blood. Blood, look at the blood, they said. The kings must have fought each other. A bloody massacre. Go for the loot, Moab. And when they came to the camp of Israel, the Israelites rose up and smote the Moabites so that they fled before them. But they went forward smiting the Moabites even in their country. This morning, just for a little while, I want to talk to you on the subject. It's not what it looks like. It's not what it looks like. Can we pray right now? Lord, I love you. God, I thank you, Lord, so much for all that you have done. God, surely your presence is in this place. God, I pray right now that you would open every heart and soul, God, to receive your word. God, that your word would not return void. God, and I pray that you would anoint these lips of clay today, God, to deliver your word. God, and we give you glory and honor and praise today for you're worthy of it. God, and we thank you in the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. How devastating to see something and think something else of it. They say that perception is reality. But we know that this is not always true. Just because it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck and walks like a duck and may even have the name Donald does not mean it's a duck. But we we oftentimes we see these pictures, you know, you see the menu at McDonald's. And what is on picture when you pull up, man, it looks perfect. It's, it's a model burger. And we all know that that's not necessarily the case. But it's not what it looks like. They, they present it to you in such a way that causes you to think differently of what you might get in return. You pull up and you see that burger that's got the perfect bun and the meat and the cheese and the lettuce and the pickles. And it's just all sitting there. I know I'm making you hungry. Some of you. Some of you are ready to go to the restroom and get rid of your breakfast. But they present it to you in such a way that says, hey, this is what you're going to get. But it's not exactly... How it comes out. You know when you order that burger that looks so perfect on the picture. It gets handed to you smashed and greased up. All wrapped up in a paper. We didn't get the same result. I I did not order this sir. I ordered that thing that was on the picture back there. I I didn't order this whatever is left of this thing that you call the burger. But we did not get what we were anticipating. So because it looked presentable and what we thought looked good, we bought into it only to find out it's not what I was anticipating. 
The three kings in our text today, they, they come to Elisha and ask him what the Lord says that they should do. Elisha's response was, get to digging. Grab a shovel and get to work. He said, well, what, what, did, what did the Lord tell me to tell you? He said to get some shovels and make this valley full of ditches. I don't know how big the valley was. I don't know how deep the valley was. But when they said, make this valley full of ditches, I've dug a ditch or two in my life, and it's not fun. I don't know how deep it was, but I can tell you if it was about four or five inches deep, that was deep enough. But he says, you've got to dig this valley full of ditches. Those that expect God's blessing must prepare room for them. They probably wondered why work was necessary. There were no doubt some who began to complain and gripe about digging ditches when they hadn't had water in so long. But nevertheless, they began doing exactly as the prophet instructed, and they started making the valley full of ditches. Had the children of Israel not done what was asked of them that day, then all that God sent would have just wasted all over the land. The ground would have soaked all up that had flown from Edom, and they would have never conquered their enemy. You can cash this in the bank today. If you don't make room for the things of God, then He will let it flow somewhere else. If you don't prepare for what God has in store for your life, you can bet that He's going to send it to somebody else. If God's people don't rise up and say, God, whatever you have for me today, God, I'm making room for it today. If you don't do that, then you can bet that the church down the road might be saying, God, I'll do whatever I've got to do today. God, I'll dig ditches. I'll clean room in my heart. Whatever I've got to do for you, I'll make room. Whoever makes room for God, that's where he's going to come. He said, if you want enough to come and fill you, you're going to have to do the work and prepare for what is going to come. He knew they would wonder, so he went ahead and let them know, water is going to come, but not the way it typically would come. This is going to be a little bit different. You see, it won't, it won't come like you're used to seeing it come through a cloud or maybe from a stream. And you won't see it. It's, it's just going to come. You're not going to even hear it. You see, they knew the valley to be dry. They, they could not imagine how water would just show up out of nowhere. Well, if I'm, if I'm not going to hear anything, if I'm not hearing the storm blowing in outside my window, if I don't see that rain cloud coming over the mountaintop, if, if I don't see a sign or hear a sign, I, I just don't know how else water is going to come. But God was teaching them that preparation must precede the promise. This is a principle we see all throughout Scripture. That if you want the promise, you've got to prepare for it. If you want what God has in store for you, you've got to do the work. 
the promise was there will be water and you will defeat Moab. But before that, there has to be some preparation. Before you get to point B and point C, you've got to take care of A. You've got to dig this valley full of ditches. Can I tell you today that it's worth the work you put into it? It is worth every second you spend in prayer. It is worth every day you spend in fasting. It is worth every Sunday morning you get up and come to the house of God. Your preparation may not come with a promise immediately. But I tell you today, all the work you're putting in for it, God is going to bless you for the work that you are doing. It may not come like you typically remember it coming. It may not, you may not see it, you may not hear it. But just rest assuredly, it is coming. I know you are tired and weary. I know it's difficult sometimes to grab a shovel to prepare for water. And there is not a cloud in the sky that is giving you any hope of a rain. We come up here and corral you and tell you everything is going to be all right. Pastor delivers the word of the Lord to build your faith and to show you the way. But there are some times, even when the prophet is telling us what to do and how to make it, it's just hard. Can anybody testify to that today? I know what pastors told me. I know what everyone around me is telling me I need to do. I know they're telling me how to prepare and how to get ready. But there are days that I wake up that that's just difficult to do. That, that's just asking a lot of me on some days to get up and pray and fast. And when I'm weak and I'm tired and I, it's hard sometimes. Elisha, I am in a drought. It's barren and dry. I see no light at the end of this tunnel. I've had a week that has seemed like I was getting attacked 48 hours a day. And now after this week of hard work and labor for nothing... You were asking me to dig when my life has been barren and dry with no water. I, I, I can't even give it to my cattle and my beasts, much less myself and my family. And in a time like this, you were asking me to get to work. You were asking me to pour in more sweat and more blood and more tears. But just like the children of Israel, you obey and because you put the work into it, God will honor that. And your preparation, your preparation will bring peril to your problem. If you do your part in preparing and doing what has been asked of you, if you have apply what has been spoken to you, then that problem you have been dealing with, that thing that has been in your ear, will be shut up and destroyed. The Bible says that the army of Moab was looking down and perceived that the three kings and all of their people had slaughtered each other. Moab said, let's get every man that can put on some armor. The three kings have already killed themselves. They've killed everyone else around. Now Moab can go and destroy anything that's left and take all that they have. And so Moab says, we're going to attack them with everything else we've got. Find every man that can put on some armor. And let's get to battle. 
You better believe that your enemy, every chance he gets, he's not just going to come at you by himself. Even it looks like you're already defeated. He's still going to rally together and make sure you're completely destroyed. He's going to get everybody he's got and say, hey, let's get them while they're down. If we're going to do this, let's do it right. If your enemy is, has that in its mind, you better be ready. You better be prepared for when Moab comes, even though God's already set it up for you. You better be ready. They thought, they thought, which was their first mistake. It can say right there, they assumed that they saw the picture on the menu. They saw what appeared to be blood, but they said in the next verse, this is blood. They were going to get to enjoy the spoils of war and not even have to fight for it. They thought that it was all for them. They got a little too excited and went down to take hold of all of God's people and their good blessings. But to their surprise, when they got down there, the children of Israel rose up to defeat the Moabites. God's distraction became the enemy's destruction. What God had set in place for His people was a provision to them. But not only that, when the Moabites were on the mountaintop looking down and they saw what appeared to be blood, all God did was merely distract them. He caused them to believe something totally different. And He said... I'm going to put this valley full of water, but when the sun hits it just right, it's going to look like blood, but it's not going to be blood. It's going to be water that provides for you. It's going to be water that, that fills you to your full. But not only is it going to fill you up, but it's going to distract the enemy long enough for my people to win again. It's going to be enough for the destruction of the enemy. 2 Kings 6 in the NLT says, So one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Young man, I know it looks bad right now. I know when we stepped out of the tent this morning, it looked like we were surrounded. It looked like we were defeated. It looked like we needed to get the white flag and raise it up. But young man, if you can see what I see, it's not what it looks like. It looks like we're defeated. It looks like there's nowhere else for us to go. But God, right now, I pray that you would open this young man's eyes. 
that he may see all of these horses and chariots of fire, that he would see the army that you have set up in preparation for us to leave this place victorious today. We come into the house of God so many times and we enter into the presence of the almighty God. We're not just in a building with four walls today, ladies and gentlemen, but there is spiritual warfare taking on every single day. And I wish to God that by the end of this day, God could open your eyes, that you can see that there are many more that are for you than those that are out in the world against you. That when you come into the house of God, that you would begin to see the things that God is doing for you. I know it's hard. I know it looks rough. But if God could somehow open our eyes to see that all the preparation he has done to make sure we leave this place victorious. We are outnumbered now. We, we, are, we seem defeated now. But it's not what it looks like. Crucifixion day. Jesus had been beaten. Persecuted. He, he was hung up on a cross and put to death. And he looks over and he cries out, It is finished. And he hung his head and died. And died. And, and, and you know that the people that were there looking upon him saw defeat. They saw this man who had done miracle after miracle. Who had, who had not only done great miracles, but he had caused the dead to live again. But this man who could cause the dead to live again was now dead. And you know that there were some that day that had forgotten what he had said. That, that, that they saw him up on that cross and said, surely it is over. For he even said, it is finished. Even he gave up the ghost that day. Even he was taken down and buried I saw it with my own two eyes. It's over. Why are you still looking to a hope? Why are you still looking for a glorious return? I watched them put him in a borrowed tomb. Why are you, why are you still this way when you know he's dead? He's dead. But can I tell you, it's not what it looks like. John chapter 20 says, The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher. And we know not where they have laid him. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. As she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. And seen two angels in white sitting. The one at the head and the other at the feet. Where the body of Jesus had lain. Had lain. And they say unto her, woman, why? Weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. 
And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? The Bible says she supposing him to be the gardener. Saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. And then Jesus saith unto her, Mary. All he did was say her name. And there was something about how he had called her before, Mary. Something in his voice caused something to stir inside of her. And the Bible says she turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Master. Well, you don't understand. I watched him die. I watched them place him in a tomb. And when I went into the sepulcher and he wasn't there, I was a bit confused. I know what it looked like. And in fact, when I saw Jesus, I didn't even recognize him because he wasn't what he looked like a few days ago. The, the situation had totally changed and the game had been turned all around. And I was a bit confused. But when he said my name, I remembered what he told me many weeks ago. That when he died three days later, he would raise again. And, and something stirred inside of her that said, you know what? It's not over. It's just beginning. I know what it looked like a few days ago. But now let's get to the real matter of the story. For he died and rose again. And he's coming back again for you and I. You say it's impossible. But God says all things are possible. You say I'm tired. And he said I will give you rest. You say nobody loves me. And he says I Love you. You say, I can't figure it out. He says, I will direct your step. They said, she's dead. God said, she is only sleeping. I know it looks like enough to feed a small boy, but it's enough to feed 5,000. I know you put three men in the fire, but there are four men walking in the flame. All throughout the Bible, situations didn't look very good. But the Bible says what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. It's not always what it looks like. I know there are days where you feel like your back is against the wall. But if you could only see that God was before you, fighting for you, fighting every enemy, taking down every situation and obstacle that lies before you. It's not always what it looks like. Perception is not always a reality. I know right now you might not even have a desire to push further because it seems hopeless. It seems like there's no way of getting out of the situation that you're in. And perhaps you have been, become comfortable with where you are living. But perhaps you haven't seen the rest of the story. Perhaps you haven't seen that open sepulcher. Perhaps you haven't seen him and supposing him to be the gardener and then hearing him call your name. 
Because when he calls your name, there's something that you just know. That's him. That's my master. I can't even believe it because I saw you dead. I saw when the, I saw you when it seemed like there was no hope. Oh, but here you are standing before me. And when you said my name, I knew everything was going to be all right. When you called my name when I was sitting on a pew on a Sunday morning. And I didn't know how I was going to make it another day. I sat there weeping, not knowing what to do. And you called my name. And something stirred inside of me. And I knew that I was going to have a better tomorrow. I knew that my future was safe in your hands. Because you said my name. C.S. Lewis once said, What you see and what you hear depends a great deal on where you are standing. It also depends on what sort of person you are. You see, in our story, the enemy was looking down and saw what he thought was blood. But it wasn't what it looked like. The story tells us that it was just water. But because of their position, because of who they were and where they were at, when they were looking down at the situation, the sun was reflecting perfectly to where it looked red like blood. I wonder today, what would have been the situation had they come on the other side of the valley? Would it still have appeared like blood? The sun wouldn't have been in the perfect spot. They wouldn't have positioned themselves in such a way where it, but God orchestrated it that day. He said, you do the work, you get out there and you make this valley full of ditches. And in the morning, and in the morning, when the enemy comes to destroy you, when the enemy comes at you like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord is going to raise a standard. And He's going to bring this water in. And it's going to appear like blood. They're going to think that it's over. They're going to think that you're defeated. The devil's going to see you crying on a pew on a Sunday morning and think that it's game over. But it's not as it appears, devil. It's not as it appears, saints of God. Because where the enemy is positioning himself, God is causing a distraction. He's making it appear a little bit different than how the story is about to turn out. So when the enemy comes against you, when the enemy comes to attack you, you're ready for war. You, you said, I, I know what it looks like, devil, and I know I'm tired. And I spent the last few days laboring, digging these ditches. But I'm not too tired to grab my sword and fight. I'm not too tired to take you down once and for all. And when the Moabites came down that day, the children of Israel and God's people rallied together, though they were probably few, though they were probably tired, they said, God has set us up for victory today. God has made a way where there seems to be no way. And God's people rose up that day and defeated their enemy. The enemy was looking down and saw what they thought was blood. But it wasn't what it looked like. The enemy is a deceiver. And there are many that come to sway us to believe a lie. 
And remember that just because it glitters doesn't mean it's gold. Just because it looks a certain way doesn't mean it is that way. But this morning, if God would open our eyes, I know right now you can't see the big picture. That's why we must trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not into our own understanding. Because from what I understand, I put three men in the fire. From what I understand, I put a young man named Daniel into a den of hungry lions. From what I understand, I watched Jesus die. But I am to lean not to my understanding. I am not to base my life on what appears to be so. But I am to apply faith in my life. To know that though I may not see it now, God is working it together for my good. I know right now it doesn't look good. But rejoice not against me, mine enemy. For when I fall, I'm down. When I fall, it's over. When I fall, there's no way for me To get back up again. No. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. And though I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Can we stand across this house today? There's a famous painting that was titled, Checkmate. Many of you have probably heard this story. If not... Here it is. In this painting is a man in a chess match with the devil. This young man has his hands on his face and seems so distraught. He seems like he is aware that the game is over. And the devil has a grin on his face because he assumes he has won. In this painting, they're sitting there and the devil's aware that he's in control at the moment. And he calls out checkmate. And the young man who has bet his soul in this match is distraught. He's weeping. He's upset because it seems to be game over. This painting hung in an art gallery in the Louvre Art Museum in Paris, France. People day after day would travel down the halls of this gallery and view this painting. And they would move along after admiring it for a few moments. Oh, that's a great piece. Oh, that's wonderful. I feel sorry for the young man, but man, the story that lies here is an eye-opener. In chess, checkmate would mean that the game was over. That the opposition had put you in a position where there is no way out. You have nowhere to go, nothing left to do, but just accept defeat. All the while in trying to protect the king, when all efforts have failed you, it seems over. It seems over. But then one day a chess champion was in the gallery. And he found interest in this piece. 
He sat there for hours and gazed upon this work of art that appears as though the devil had won. But then all of a sudden, this chess champion began to scream and holler in this quiet museum and began saying, It's a lie. It's a lie. The devil thinks he has won, but it's a lie. The king still has one more move. Greater life, I've come to tell you today what the devil meant for evil. God can turn it for your good. Devil, it's not what it looks like. Saint of God, it's not what it looks like. The king has one more move. God has the final say. I don't care where you are. I don't care what you have done or what you have said or what you haven't done. God has the final say today and He has one more move. Somebody needs to tell the devil this morning, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. The water that filled the ditches was provision for the people of God. But beyond His provision, He caused it to appear as though there was blood. Somebody needs to tell your problem today. It's not what it looks like. Someone needs to tell your neighbor and encourage them today and tell them it's not what it looks like. Somebody needs to tell that enemy today it's not what it looks like. The king has one more move. And before I walk out of this place today, I'm going to see what he has to offer this young man. I'm going to see what move he makes today in me. I open these altars today. Oh, if you need encouragement, if you need healing in your body, you've been facing it, you don't know where the way out is. The king has another move today. In 